Okay, third verse. Same as the first. <laughs> like, Second what? Verse. This is a swamp. This is a very abstract intro to the Swamp Podcast program, which is brought to you by Swamp Blog at swamppopculture.com. Get rid of the E out of swamped, right? Swamp, no, swamped. No E before the D. W-A-M-P-D. And you've got Rui and Russ, and we're going to... Talk to you a bit via the amazing medium of Mr. Mike Rude. And with a possible guest appearance from Taffy the Wonder Dog. We hope. We we hope hope. she will make an appearance. She gets up there in our promotional material on the YouTube channel where we show the occasional film version, but um, she doesn't always make an appearance, so I'm, right. I'm thinking I might drop her if, she's, if she doesn't make an appearance. I'm not putting her up Just there. not enough loyalty. Yeah. Well, no, it's all right. She yeah. should be putting in. But good to be with you guys again. I'm sure that we've got some interesting stuff to cover. So I'm not sure. I'm not, uh, it could be boring. It could be really, I don't know. But, well, but, stay tuned and you'll find out. Well, the, the listener can decide for themselves whether this is interesting. I, and I've been getting into The, the Walking Dead the, uh, Season 6, so I want to talk about that. Yep. And uh, I made a few purchases during the week, music-wise, and I've been listening to a lot of music lately because I've had sort of a bit of a break uh, last couple of weeks due to certain personal health issues. So I've had a lot of time to sit back and listen to music, and uh, I'd like to share my discoveries. Cool. Um, I won't say I won't say any more uh, other than I've got a lovely large. David Bowie album on delicious red vinyl that I bought. Um, I'm going to I'm going to wave that in front of the microphone and you can see it or, or something like that. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I've got in mind. What about you? Do you have anything that you want to? Yeah. Look, a couple of things. I mean, probably um, uh, from a um, uh, a film point of view, um, have spent the better part of a week uh, watching the. Uh, Absolutely stunning and quite fabulous 13 Reasons Why, yep. a, a controversial new, new series that's uh, been out on Netflix for a while, but I know has caused a bit of a stir, as oh, it yeah. would, yep. um, in our local media. So I'll talk a little bit about that, Russ. Um, yeah, okay, that, cool. that, that's definitely worth sharing. And I'm, if we get time, might also talk about, um, you know, one of, I guess, one of uh, our current contemporary sort of cult heroes of Mr. Elon Musk and oh, yeah. his latest ventures. And um, uh, this time we're... Um, you know, uh, he's he's looking at putting some uh, serious moolah and credibility behind um, uh, basically what he calls BCI, the uh, uh, Brain uh, Computer Interface. So <laughs> I'd love to talk a bit about that. Yeah. Okay, well, that sounds good. Let's get into it. All right. Elon, Elon. Musky. Are you feeling swamped? I am so swamped, I just can't believe it. It's time for a new adventure. I think you're right. A new adventure in pop culture. A new adventure in pop culture. About feeling swamped. Rock out. So my latest adventure in pop culture, um, it's really interesting. I went to the supermarket the other day, really. Mm, as, as you my would, yes. Well, you know, when you do that, you're basically doing a bit of sort of hunter and gathering, aren't you? That, that's, that's right, modern-day hunter and gatherers. That's what it is. Well, yes. well, well, 95% of our history as homo sapiens was spent being hunter-gatherers. Did you know that? Yes, I did know that. It's hardwired into us. This whole guff that, you know, we're all selfish and that then the, the capitalist way is, is hardwired into us is bullshit. It's actually the the cooperative, caring, sharing, hunter-gatherer-ness is, is really what's mm. there. And anyway, I mean, our new version is, is going to, we, instead of killing our game, we let others do that and they store it, pack it nice and neatly and we, we, we saunter down to the supermarket and we make our purchase and drive home and that's our hunter-gathering. That's right. Um, so instead of having to go out in the in the in the in, the, in groups to um, kind of you know slay the mammoths, the yeah. ma- mammoths have already been slayed. But our, our battle is actually trying to find a car park on a busy Saturday <laughs> afternoon at Eastland or whatever. That's right. That's where yeah. things can get That's, really ugly. There, that, there you still see that competitive competitive it. nature That's come when to the fore. It, it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yes, yeah. and, and thus 
capitalism reasserts its ugly head. Yes. Yeah, but you're, you're thinking there around sort of the more cooperative element, which I'll come back to, yeah. us, is wh- why, why does triggered your thought there? Oh, well, I mean, I, I just cannot explain the whole idea of going to the supermarket without putting a socio-political historical spin on it first yeah. off. Okay, yeah. done that now. Let's get it out of the way. So down the supermarket, I was in the, the fruit section, at, which as is my want at the beginning of any search in any decent supermarket because these days they put them out the front. And you know, I was I was sort of just looking there. And this young girl, this teenage girl um, near me was um, with a family, with a mum and, and her sister. And um, she says to her mum, Mum, can I get an apple? And that was all it was, right? So it was just this moment, this teenage girl saying to her mum, can I get an apple? Right. And it just I thought it was very touching and very significant. Um, and firstly, what mum's going to deny their child an apple? Well, you would hope not, you, yes. I mean, yeah, yeah. what kid's going to even say that? I mean, yeah. can I, like, if your mum's going to say no, well, you scrap yeah, the bloody apple, yeah, chuck can it I in have the a, basket. Another soda pop, can I have another chocolate bar? But no, no I want an apple. An apple. Yeah. Like, pause on that thought. Yeah. You know, um, but and, you, then, uh, and give that mother and that daughter a medal each. for. Yeah, you know. yeah. well, the cynic in me is coming to the fore again, Russ, but oh. not on the back of a Safeway campaign by the the um, British um, uh, chef, um, Jamie <laughs> Jamie Oliver, yeah. uh, who's, I think, at the moment running a, uh, an advertising campaign paid by Woolworths, yeah. Yeah. Uh, all around, I think, giving kids... Kids get a free apple, I, I understand, if they go to Woolworths. Were you at a Woolworths ah, store? interesting. I wasn't. I was at the other one. Well, there we go. <laughs> yeah. Ah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Ah. yeah. Well, that puts on your spin it. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. But it is. It's a, it's a great thing to to encounter something like that, and it's like just a little moment, a moment in in, in my life where I was like, oh, wow. Yeah, there was just actually refreshing. That it um, was, yeah. but it, but also got me thinking. Obviously, it made me think of all, a whole spun up a whole train a trail of thought to do with things that we talked about before on, on this program about pop culture and the way we consume it. Um, yep. This girl because it was good. pop culture in my definition also includes things like going to the supermarket and. Our actual consumption of goods and services. I mean, these are all part of it, and, yeah. and the way that we consume, what we consume, whether either we're consuming apples or we're going to the junk food, as you alluded to, um, and also just um, the way pop culture and the way media systems are changing. This topic we talked about before about how new media is taking over a lot of um, what we call old media, whether it's um, records, whether it's books and all the rest of it. Yep, but sort of the digital revolution. The digital revolution. And my feeling is it's kind of, it's turning, there's becoming a real equilibrium there. I had a visit to like a record store during the week, which I'll talk about a little later. And records are still, you know, a phenomenon. In fact, I was watching an episode of The Mix today, um, you know, that, that show yep, on... Yep, on, on the ABC, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, with James Valentine. There was a fabulous segment about um, a, a record plant in, in Melbourne. Oh, I, I saw that. It was yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It? yeah. Um, I, in fact, um, that was interesting, Russell. The mm. guys that were actually... have, have Those machines that they were using to yeah. press the records, yeah. Yeah. that I'm assuming these are probably like second-hand things mm. that have had to spend months trying yeah. to source the bloody probably. thing to, to set it up. But um, but it was fabulous to watch, mm. just the, um, the, the, the the actual process, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. yeah, and we appreciate that. And that's another reason why um, clearly vinyl is still here. We, we've well, not just to, here, but really having a quite a resurgence yeah, isn't it, in the both. It, yeah, yeah I, I, the way I see it, it's finding its equilibrium, you know. Um, the digital media came along and it was like a big flood, you know, in the swamp and it swamped everything. Yeah. And we thought everything was, everything, all the old stuff was going to sink. But it didn't. Some of it floated to the surface, and one of them was vinyl. Another thing, obviously, is, is print books. Yeah. Somehow that's surviving too. I mean, one thing, obviously, with with books is scanning them. You, you, you know, it's a different experience. It's much more convenient with a book. You can find your place in a book yeah. so much easier than, than, than an to, e-book. Yeah, trying to. You know, like, if you fiddle your way through trying to find where that bloody page was, it yeah. doesn't have a convenient way to do uh, well, it. Well, I mean, you yeah. can try a search function, I suppose, if you, if you can remember what. Yeah, it I mean, Kindles and things have got like place marks now, but I do know what you mean. Yeah. I mean, like if you're it's, like. Just fiddlier. Yeah, if we're you don't like have the physical pages. To yeah, play. even in some of the the constant readings that we do on the program yeah. here, it's a lot easier for us yeah. to actually just tab um, yeah. the page that yeah. we want to get to, yeah. rather than my mucking around yeah. on my Kindle trying yeah. to find that. Yeah, you know? bloody yeah. So there are certain things that are that are floating to the service still, and but certain things that aren't, I've noticed. Or you can argue with me. I think tape media is definitely going the way of the dodo. Uh, the tape media tape lays in video I'm talking right. about um, cassettes 
Yeah. Um, even film, yeah. if you want to define that as a type of tape media, film in cinemas anymore, they don't show them in, as films. They're, they're on, a vi- on a video format and they're often filmed on video. Do you think that. And it's uh, on its way out. I mean, I was clearly still photography. Everyone's got their digital cameras and they, yeah. they're not using film anymore because, um, yeah. I mean, there's convenience for starters. I mean, yeah. we talk about the convenience still of books. Well, um, a cassette. Tape, you know, it was always inconvenient yeah, to just search big, things. It's clunky. You had to fast yes. forward. You weren't yeah. sure where to stop. Yep. Yeah. So maybe tape is one. That, My feeling yeah. is that yeah. tape in, in in the world of the swamp tapes tapes are definitely sinking. The tape media. It's hard to see that coming back anytime uh, yeah, soon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe yeah. something will yeah. prove me wrong about that, but yeah. that's my feeling. But I think in lots of cases, like the ones we've just talked about, whether it's about you know food, whether it's about music, whether it's about a whole lot of things, writing, etc. Um, I, I think that once we get past the sexiness of the new, um, people often realise or can recognise, sometimes even maybe more mm. powerfully recognise. Yeah. Um, yeah, the you know paper and and books have been around for many thousands of years, and there's a good reason why. Mm, and mm. you know, good fresh food has been around for many thousands of years, and again, there's a really good yeah, reason why. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep, and, and records have been not yeah. for, around for so long, long but but, but um, yeah. we still learn to yeah. appreciate them. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And that even maybe with sort of the vinyl records in a certain way, the whole process of making yeah. them is. Um, relatively so much more uh, labour intensive and therefore maybe more, much more of a labour of love mm. and people appreciate that yeah. just like they do with yeah. you know, good slow cooked food yeah. we, want, we want the real thing we want the real thing yeah, yeah that's a, I think a good summation yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and we can apply this to all, lots of other things as well but um, yeah I think the point is made yeah you know ultimately are we choosing apples or are we choosing junk food, food. yeah um, yeah absolutely great so welcome to It's Another Swamped. <laughs> All right, I think we should have a segment now on television. We, I think we talked about TV for a, a, for a while, while yeah, because yeah. we're such TV snobs, aren't we? Really? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say TV snobs because you, you're probably right, Russ, that um, um, like I guess a lot, I was going to say most people, but no, obviously not most people, but like a mm. lot of people today, I'm sort of spoiled by, um, you know, certainly what TV I watch um, is u- usually on, you know, live streaming um, mm. subscriptions like Netflix and um, as, as many people do or Stan or other places. Um, really, they've got some astonishing in-house programs and I've come across just yep. yet another one that I'm sure some of the listeners will be uh, familiar with, even if just at the level that it's ha- received a lot of critical acclaim but also a lot of murmuring and controversy mm. um, in the media around the world, really. Uh, and that series is uh, 13 Reasons Why. And um, mm-hmm. uh, so that that's on a, uh, Netflix at the moment. It was released on a Netflix about, well, in Australia about a month ago. Yep. Um, and it's making its way around here. But so so by way of background, um, yep. Tell us uh, about so 13 Reasons Why, um, it's an American uh, drama mystery um, series, and it's based on the 2007 novel, 13 Reasons Why, that was written by Jay Asher and has then been adapted by Brian Yorkey as the writer to Netflix. Um, essentially, the, the series revolves around a high school student, Clay Jensen, and his friend Hannah Baker, mm-hmm. who commits suicide after suffering a series of, uh, lo- just looking at Wikipedia here, they describe it as a series of demoralizing circumstances uh, brought on by some uh, individuals at her school, um, which straight away, I mean, from the get-go, well, they're not really just demoralizing circumstances. I mean, they're really a series of events that uh in reflection, she experiences as lots of things, but mostly what I guess we would describe as um, certainly harassment and bullying as a young female student. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I, I think people will know from the outset it, it is going to be a story about a girl who commits suicide. Yeah. But she decides that she's going to explain, instead of doing a suicide note, what she leaves is 13 audio cassette tapes um, that outline in detail the 13 different people in her life uh, that basically, uh, I don't want to use the word friends because that's one of her ongoing issues, what is a friend, um, but the 13 people in her life that um, have led her to the ultimate decision to take her life. Um, Now, it's got certainly some really confronting material around, um, well, there's a couple of, you know, quite graphic sort of rape scenes and including the suicide itself. So one could certainly argue the merits of how that was portrayed. Is it... um to what degree should uh, uh, you know what's the sort of ratings for that I mean uh, is mm-hmm. it, it should that be accessible to young people yeah. and if so by young people at what age or all, all of that debates there but 
overarching for me is I think a concern that's been raised by um, you know certainly well in Australia for example by you know um, you know very well respected um, organisations like Headspace that deal specifically with young people mm, yeah, and who certainly yeah. reported a spate of um, calls to their service when the show first went to air and um, but really the thrust of my point is that. Um, it's stuff that we've just got to talk about more and that that almost is the whole point to me of both writing the book, making the series, and of Hannah, the yeah. lead character's um, storylines. If only people had been able to talk about their feelings and about what they were feeling, she probably would never have got to this point. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little bit ironic yeah, to then see yeah, that yes. some of the con- controversy would be, well, would yes, suppress it. We but we need to kind of, yeah, suppress it or not have young people watch this or yeah. only watch this with the aid of their teacher or something. And look, I, I think it's a program that would be, might almost become mandatory <laughs> curriculum in sort of mm. um, whatever they call it now at high school, you know, your oh. your life ed, ed class or something yeah. that you talk about depression and suicide and anxiety and, and, and different support services that might be there. That's all fine. There's yep. room for that. But ultimately, even at that level, I mean, it, my view is it's always better to shine a light in yep. the dark corners yep. if we want to understand wh- why why do we, why is suicide such a massive problem in mm. particularly mm. Western cultures mm. and mm. Um, mm. I'm sure I've read over and over again it's still by far the um, by by overwhelmingly the the um, the largest percentage of um, deaths for young people is by suicide uh, rather than anything yeah. else. Um, so that's an indictment, obviously, um, on our culture. Why do, why do so many young people, despite the resources that mm. we have, yeah. um, the access uh, or lack of access, but at least you know, um, nominally the, the advances that have been made in certainly in mental health services and, and, and psychiatric knowledge and, and, and medicine and so forth, um, yeah, why this is such an issue. But, um, but it's just a, an absolutely brilliant series that I would highly recommend um, all people, <laughs> Well, everybody, but certainly, um, you know, parents to watch because mm, I think yeah, any anxiety yeah. that you feel about um, perhaps the children in your life or, the, or, the, or you know, the young adults in your life watching this, you're going to be better off in trying to understand them by watching this program. Mm, and um, mm, mm. Um, so it was memorising. So I, 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 as there is, you know, as obviously 13 episodes, um, they all sort of, you, they need to be watched sequentially because like the tapes themselves, they build on each other. Mm. Um, but most of all, I think for me is that um, compared to sort of so many other I guess high school dramas, and there's been no lack of those over the last 20 mm, or yeah. more years, that um, this one is, I think, particularly strong. And I think it's particularly strong because um, it it's real. It goes back mm, to I think okay. that I think we can all see elements of our own. Um, I, I'm watching this program with my partner and, um, and, and obviously sort of reminiscing about, well, were some of these things around when we were around at school and while schools and the sorts of pressures on young people are different, yeah, all of these pressures were there before. And I think one of the big differences that um, you know that we certainly um, uh, spoke about that's really um, comes across strongly that all the young people there sort of disconnect with both their teachers, with the school counsellor, and most importantly with their parents is often that from a young person's point of view, which the, the series explores a little bit, is their lack of understanding that, um, yes, they might feel misunderstood, and of course their parents don't understand what's going down for young people today, mm-hmm. but it's also because you know, young teenagers forget their parents were teenagers once too, mm-hmm. and it's very difficult for them to actually um, see, the, see their parents in that light. Um, for them, they've always been parents. Parents, they, yeah, you know, well, they were born that way. Well, you know. teenage, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Teenagers are so self-absorbed. I remember yeah. that time myself, and and that's part of the problem. That's definitely part and of the lack problem. Of perspective. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. Um, you know, Hannah becomes known, um, which kind of plays out in a strange way, but as a bit of a drama queen. And so, yeah. unfortunately, once you've got that sort of label, mm. it enables a whole lot of things that maybe wouldn't have happened occur mm. because people are not paying attention because a bit like the boy that cried wolf, her yeah, little small yeah, yeah, yeah. signals perhaps of someone that's floundering and really yes, needing some help yeah, yeah. are kind of dismissed as the girl that's just a bit of a drama yeah, queen. Yeah. And um, But, but yeah, look, beautifully acted um, um, and I, I can only but highly recommend And it's controversial because it's good. There's so much mm, mm. food for thought there. It's two, two nights ago that I, I finished the... Um, 
you know, finished watching the series and I'm still kind of, you know, processing all that through my head. So I can just highly recommend. And again, hats off to Netflix and all the crew and the actors involved with the production because absolutely brilliant. Great. Yeah. Sound like a good one to watch. Yep. Anyway, let's give this thing a whirl. Give it a whirl. So you're about my, to my, carry on with Lisa Caron? No, Leslie, you never get it right, do you? Leslie Caron. But in fact, I'm not going to carry on with Leslie Caron because I'm going to... Where's the bloody... Carry on with... No, um... The Swamp. The other one that I, that I watched, that I'm, I've watched almost entirety, is the sixth season of The Walking Dead. Really interesting um, zombie show, The Walking Dead, and, and that's... One of the main reasons why I watched, I love them zombies. I think I've said that before. <laughs> Zombie lover. I am. Um, but the, we're, we've been with the same characters, or most of the same characters, Rick and, and Maggie, for, for almost all of these seasons. So we've got come to know them very well and their moral dilemmas and, and, and the, the trauma that they've gone through. Um, and sorry, Ross, you're, you're watching this on TV? or you're, I'm you're, watching it on DVD. DVDs. Yeah, yep. yep. So, on TV. Yeah, yep. So it was released uh, a while ago, I assume. I think, I think um, uh, I'm pretty sure that season seven is just sort of showing in America yeah, now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So I'm a little bit behind the times. Yep, um, that's all right. The characters are now in a place called Alexandria, a little town that they've yep. settled in, um, and they're starting to get used to that. But their the main issue for at least the first half of this season, uh, the, there's a big herd of zombies sort of coming their way, and, and Rick's devised basically a scheme to divert them away from the the, the town and um, and that goes awry of course with this it's really stupid in some ways it's one of the, the things that's annoying me about it about the show um, um, the zombies are very susceptible to noise and and what happens is um, half of this horde have managed to clear um, Alexandria but the other half this truck horn goes off and there's an incident back in Alexandria which the characters were hurting the them away don't yeah, from know a about quarry, it. they yeah. hear this truck right. um, horn going off and it attracts all the other half of the zombies back to Alexandria yep. problem is um, the zombies are, must be at least a number of miles away from Alexandria at this point how they hear a horn yeah. and how the other characters hear a is horn is enough to set them off sort of I yeah. don't know I mean yeah. a, a, a truck horn is pretty loud but it's radius must be no more than about a, a mile at least um, and it's just that de- detail there to sort of I find You've got to accept the, you know, the artistic license that's happening and just go with it, I suppose. So yeah, the damn truck horn, yeah, it sort of gets me. Um, the other thing about this season that really tripped me up, and it was actually quite a uh, a nice surprise. Um, I'd always read about this um, this spoiler about about this season that the character Glenn was going to die. Okay, and I guess the show's been going long enough for now, so yeah. I can I can reveal that now. Glenn gets killed and. Uh, Turns out he actually, it's Glenn seems to die, and I'm thinking, okay, there's the spoil gone. And then two episodes later, it turns out he didn't die, and I'm thinking, shit, that's fantastic because you know I didn't want him to die. I like him, yeah. and it's interesting because I was, it was that's that dummy spoiler was aided and abetted by people I know in my life. Um, had a quiet moment in the cafe, and I was, telling, oh, I'm yeah. watching um, um, season six, six now, yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I already read about the spoilers, and, I, and people said that they'd seen it, and then none of sure them told enough. me, no one clued me in. They they, they kept quiet about it. Which <laughs> well, that's nice yeah, them. absolutely. Look, he's going to get a, ni- <laughs> a nice surprise. But I have to say overall uh, my, my main impression uh, although it's been positive um, I think the violence is really getting to me I, uh, this has been a particularly violent, violent season right. for what is a very violent show anyway um, and it's not the violence of killing zombies or maiming them and all the zombies is, is cartoonish it's just the, the killing of people by other people, people. and they, they right. certainly they don't sort of um, hold back so. well they don't hold back but and they, they certainly don't treat it lightly um, yeah. but it's just there's so much of it and it's just it's, it's, yeah, it's it just, just keeps going on and it's really starting to get to me I guess the older I get the more desensitised I'm supposed to be to violence but I'm finding it's anything, the other that, way yeah, that I'm your going the other is, way yeah, just that, like, and maybe, I don't know whether I'm going to be a hold out for another yeah, season I'm, yeah. I'm guessing the zombies will, will draw me in yet again but oh man yeah, I mean yeah. but there was an episode um, where they actually there was virtually no violence happened where um, Rick and um um, Daryl go, go off on, on a hunt for, for some shopping and and uh, they encounter this dude who actually belongs to this other com- community which becomes like the storyline in the second half of the season um, they basically get this connection with this other community and they start trading with them but there are these marauders 
um, who, who's t- trying to take from them. And it's sort of like a, a Magnificent Seven type scenario. Right, right. And they've got to basically destroy these marauders. Um, but there was this episode where, where Daryl and, and Rick just do this hunt and, and you know, zombies were killed again, but, but there was like no real, you know, intense violence, which was a relief. I actually felt it as a relief. Oh, thank God, there's going to be a more light-hearted episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I needed it. I, tell I mean, you. it is an interesting thing that I mean we've talked a bit again about on the swamp, and it's probably reflective, maybe, of mm. um, you know whether it's you know Vikings and certainly yeah. you know Game of Thrones yeah. and so forth that. Um, yeah, but those sort of mega shows, I mean, are built on um, a lot of sort of, I don't, I'm not even sure I want to use the word, just gratuitous. I mean, it's not necessarily gratuitous, but just really realistic. fucking, yeah. Because they can do it. They can make it violent. realistic. Yeah, yeah, a, yeah absolutely. So whether it's battle effects. scenes or people being brutalised or tortured or or, mm. or or killed for whatever reason, there's we're surrounded by yeah, guys. Yeah, if you can yeah. show it, though, we'll show it. You yeah, know? yeah, And that's, yeah. that's a good thing, but it's also, it, it has, it, pay, it takes its toll. Yeah. It takes its Toll yep. on the poor old brain. I can tell you now. Yeah, it's I, just maybe one one dead zombie too many. Yeah. yeah well, we'll yeah. see. You know whether I turn into one at the end of this. But, um, but I'm I'm, I'm going to hang out till the end at least. Mm, brains. We'll yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Walking Dead season six. It's um, and and so you got a few more to go, Russ. Just yeah. a couple more episodes. More, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Rick and Annie's group are in a, in a bad spot at the moment. Okay. I mentioned the magnificence of seven before, but they're less than magnificent at the moment. moment. Right. And uh, oh boy. Yeah. Um, but don't tell me. Don't tell me anymore. <laughs> no but spoilers. Now, now I'm wondering, you know, can I trust spoilers anymore? Yeah, do do not you post your spoiler them? on the blog. It will not be entered into. But can yeah. you trust them anymore? Well, that's what's, right. What's when, a, is it fake, when is a spoiler a spoiler? They're fake spoilers. You know, I'm, I reckon Donald Trump will be complaining about this soon. <laughs> not just fake, fake news, but fake spoilers. Yeah. 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 Swamped. 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 Don't let something again. So you're good to go. So who's this Elon Musk? So Elon Musk, um, Russ, I guess that um, you know, has really become a, a household name. We're all familiar, obviously, with the absolutely fabulous Tesla vehicles. And um, but Elon Musk is a, a really extraordinary, um, an extraordinary man. But um, yeah, entrepreneur, you know, billionaire entrepreneur who who made his money uh, with the creation of PayPal many years ago, and then sold PayPal to eBay. Um, but here we've got a very unusual individual and thinker uh, as as um, as we can see obviously by uh, you know Tesla and, and more recently the um, the, the extraordinary um, um, uh, uh, solar b- batteries that um, lithium batteries that he's generated um, and, and and different technology stuff but including I think it's called SpaceX which is oh, yeah. um, his whole project to get mm-hmm. uh, to colonize Mars and um, the very first um, you know basically reusable spacecraft that's been mm-hmm. built anyway the reason why all mm-hmm. that background mm-hmm. is important is yeah. because you know um, if Musk is saying something then it's got to come with some degree of uh, seriousness and credibility given mm-hmm. that he's been written off so often that you couldn't make vehicles like that and he did and you couldn't mm-hmm. make spacecraft like that and he has, yeah. but uh, I guess science has got to a point where it's an article where Musk has now started, um, or, or putting he's putting funds into a new company called Neuralink. Um, mm-hmm. And so, what does Neuralink do? Well, Neuralink are currently uh, working, and this is work in progress, um, on developing a brain-computer interface or a BCI. Uh, what's uh, in inverted commas called a neural neural lace that will eventually upload thoughts to the internet. So ostensibly using um, some modern-day chemicals, we're going to be implanted with these so that, you know, building on the, the idea of um, what's often been called the uh, um, artificial intelligence singularity or that point where artificial intelligence, or let's call it the machines, perhaps mm-hmm. the aliens, yeah. um, we create them. And obviously the risk has always been, or perhaps one of the the, 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 the the worries has always been, but what happens when machines can make themselves and reproduce themselves? Will they just dispense with human beings altogether? Because they're going to be so much more... Mm. 
uh, evolved than we are in the sense of their brain power and intellectual capacity and so forth and so forth, you know, what, what happens then? Well, the idea here with the um, uh, brain-computer interface is that um, uh, instead of this distinction between the machine and us, this this provides, I guess, a sort of a pathway between mm. the machines and humans so that we're actually going to be able in some way to keep up with the machines or interact with them using um, um, using uh, these, these, these neural pathways. Mm. So this is uh, actual... Um, you know, actual work that's going on at the moment. So they, they, there's the, the interview talks about a character called, believe it or not, Meow Meow, who a, uh, has a Bachelor of Molecular Genetics and he's a former member of the Science Party and a co-founder of Sydney's Biofoundry. Um, and he's uh, deeply involved in this. So, so at the moment, he's, he's actually, he, he describes it as a bit like putting a Mikey card under your skin oh, so yeah. that you've got, I guess, basically a computer chip that's mm. sort of implanted in the brain yep. um, that'll enable... Um, uh, people to um, you know directly uh, upload and interact um, their thoughts immediately on on the internet and with other 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 people. Um, uh, uh, and, and, I mean, one of the things that he, that he's talking about is that because really, without this technology, well, at some point, human beings um, are likely to just become a house cat, really, um, which was a nice a nice dis- dis- description. Um, um, mm. I think I think he actually says that. Uh, I just want to read here the the backstory is that Musk sides with the transhumanist sentiment that to steal futurist Ray Kurzweil's book title, the singularity is near. That's the point where AI starts teaching itself, prompting an exponential leap in machine smarts that will make humans look, in Meow's words, like the Amish, and in Musk's parlance, like house cats. AI is obviously going to surpass human intelligence by a lot. There's some risk at that point that the AI will go rogue. Neural lace will, according to Musk, head off A1 Armageddon by plugging us into an evolving machine intelligence and keeping us ahead of the game. But, um, <laughs> you know, uh, this is... this is sci-fi stuff, isn't it? Yeah. It's this real Terminator was, stuff. This was... Well, I guess my question is, what does that do to human beings, though, you know, who are plugged into these these, these things? How does, how does it change a person and how do we evolve as sort of, you know, um, connected to, you know, these cybernetics systems, you know? Yeah, teaching us, you know, in, in some ways, how, how you know, has there been any speculation about that? Is that going to be a good thing or a bad thing? Well, yeah, I mean, like one of the next steps is like, well, so how are we actually going to do the sort of beta tests here? And um, obviously, maybe one one way is to pursue these. Um, um, you know, these uh, medical tests that will, you know, as long as they meet, I guess, the, the ethical um, mm. requirements of, of medical research mm. um, would get through. So that's um, uh, one element. And, and a bit like the people that are, have already happily oversubscribed to um, the SpaceX to be the first colonists, mm. knowing that they're never going to be able to come back yeah. from Mars. There are going to be people that will want to, um, you know, that will want to do this. But I mean, it's, it, it even sort of says here in the article, it says, um, but perhaps the biggest hurdle for Musk's vision are Articulated in a recent MIT mm. uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology yeah. uh, uh, review piece is more prosaic. Who, after all, is going to get brain surgery to send an email? Is the question, and the answer comes back: I would fucking oath I would. <laughs> Chips in meow, a self-described neophile. I want this technology to succeed, so I'm happy to be a beta tester as long as I'm happy with the safety. Why? In the short term, Meow is enamored with frictionless interaction with technology, but longer term, he's with Musk. We have to convince robots and artificial intelligences that we are worthy of joining the singularity with them. If we don't join with machines now, they're going to overtake us and we're going to be like cockroaches to them. We're doomed. This point, I'm going to say, I'm, I'll put it on later. The, the name of the director and the actors, because I can't remember them. But yeah, yeah. So that I sound authoritative, you know. Yeah, instead yeah, of yeah. I don't have a fucking clue, mate. <laughs> but, uh, I don't care. I'm, I'm a yeah, professional dickhead. Yeah. I'm feeling swamped. Yeah. yeah so yeah. okay. So we're talking about music now. I am because I have had a fairly um, easy couple of weeks recuperating from health issues. Um, in short, I had cancer and, and I'm over it, okay? So let's, let's yeah, get Yeah, like I, I, I never thought I'd actually get to record a sort of a, a, a literal, um, you know, a, a Peter Cook and Dudley Moore uh, <laughs> cancer episode, but but we have and we are, and, yes. But unfortunately, yeah. I didn't have but cancer it wasn't the cancer. <laughs> No, it was on my head, a melanoma on my head, okay? Yeah. Uh, um, and so I had plenty of time off and that meant lots of time to listen to music. You know, awesome, Russ. And look, it's, 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 it's <sighs> good that you did 
did that. And it's good to see that you're still in the land of the living despite watching a week of walking with the dead whilst, whilst waiting for your test results. But well, you're a brave was, man. Well, yeah. I reckon that was part of why I'm having trouble dealing with the violence now because of the violence done yeah. to my poor head. Yes, you know, it's yes. Sort of You've kind of got a, 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 well, I guess what could be best described as uh, could be easily called staple head or just that, that Frankenstein sort of look. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Marshall. <laughs> but Russ. He's alive. So what music have you been listening to? Well, okay, well, it wasn't heavy metal. I guess that was... Right. <laughs> I didn't want anything too hard, so gentle. It was gentle. It wasn't stuff. that famous, fabulous 60s band, The Staples? No. No, 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 no The Staples. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. right, The Staples Sisters. Yes. Staple Singers. Yes. That's what you're thinking of. Good. Yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, I've been getting into my my usual Beach Boys. Um, there's still, still some old albums of the Beach Boys that I haven't heard that I, I bought. Wow. Um, and, and making some new discoveries. Like, did you did you know did you know that um, Carl Wilson, yeah, uh, the Beach Boy who sang uh, God Only Knows, his first solo vocal on a Beach Boys album was came in their ninth album. Wow. I did not know that until I I was listening to that album, Summer Days and Summer Nights. Uh, It was their ninth album, and that's got the first Carl Wilson vote. And I guess the reason why is because he was always the lead guitarist, and he did a lot of instrumentals. Yes, it never really got the chance. So that was like his solo moment on on an album doing the guitar. A little bit like uh, George Harrison kind of having to really could never muscle in on on John and Paul, um, that kind of stuff Well, well, Dennis, for example, you know, the drummer, he gets a lead vote. Vocal on the second yeah, album, and, and then obviously Brian obviously dominates, but um, mm. yeah, but uh, was Carl uh, the youngest? Or? Yeah, he was the younger right. one. Yeah, yeah, he was okay. the, the chubbier one. Yeah, yeah. for yeah. your reference. Yeah. But yeah. and the thing is, and I well, reason I want to bring when I, I point it out is the song is fantastic. That that song that he sings on Summer Nights, it's it's called Girl Don't Tell Me You're Right, and I love it. I just absolutely love it. It's it's yeah, a really stripped back to production, and it reminds me a little bit. If I'm going to play it in a minute, and I, uh, it reminds me of. Um, the Beatles, Ticket to Ride. There's a it's sort of there's a line. Gil, don't take, tell me you're right. It's very you know, yeah, yeah, using that. Yeah, yeah. And it was recorded very probably a couple of months after, I guess. The the Beach Boys did that, but uh, really nice song and a fantastic vocal from Carly. Went on from strength to strength with God only knows, and he sings um, Darlin as another great um, right. Carl vocal. He sings. Um, so uh, oh, clearly heavily influenced by the Beatles, by the sounds of it. Oh, uh, the Beach Boys and, were, for yeah, sure. Yeah. And there's no yeah. doubt about that. But they influenced each other. They, yeah, you know, yeah. Um, so, uh, and so what, what was the, the, the name of that particular track, um, Russ? Girl Don't Tell Me You're Right. Girl Don't, or Girl Don't Tell, Tell Me. Me. From their Summer summer Day, Summer Nights album. It's a second last it's album. They did a, a Beach Boys Party album. Then they did Pet Sound. So, and that album, Beach Boys, Summer, summer Day, Summer Nights, it's it's a real precursor to to um to pet sounds and it's in sound and it's production and it's the album that's got California Girls on it and it's got um, Help Me Rondo which is actually interesting the second version that they did of uh, Help Me Rondo that that's also on the album before that Beach Boys Today and um, it's a different version and then the original the first version um, the spelling's different for Rondo for starters right. it's Rondo with, without the H, H right. but the hit version's Rondo with the H and that's a song yeah. sung by Al who Al Jardine who didn't get too many leads, but that's one of his leads. Yeah. So this is maybe 66? 65. 65, yeah, mm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and the cover's interesting. There's there's four Beach Boys on the cover. We're missing someone. The person we're missing is Al Jardine. It turns out poor old Al was um, ill on the day they did the photo shoot. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, he, after talking all that time about it, let's have a listen to that song, uh, Girl Don't Tell Me by the Beach Boys, as sung by the fabulous Carl Wilson, R.I.P. Carl. Here we go. Hi, little girl, it's me. Don't you know who I am? I met you last summer when I came up to stay with my Getting long and the shorts, mm, they sure feel you fine. I'll bet you went out every night during the school time. But this time, I'm not gonna count on you. 
Okay, so um, I, I could talk about now my visit to Heartland Records, maybe. Ooh, yes. Okay, yes. so along with the with the, the whole cancer scare, I actually the other day I went in and, and I was told that I am clear of cancer, and because of that, and this was in the Drum Peter roll, Mac, please. This is in the Peter Mac uh, Centre, um, the hospital. Well, and that's a story in itself, for us. I mean, I've got to say that um, not not that one would would want a reason to go and visit uh, or or have to attend at Peter Mac. Yep. It's much better not to. Yeah. But if you do have to, the one thing I can say, whether it's for yourself or for family, is what an extraordinary building. Yeah, and, um, it is. Yeah. It took me the better part of at least forty five minutes to work out how the hell to get the, the uh, lift to work. <laughs> but um, um, it's very so space that, age. That high isn't it? tech, yeah, high yeah, tech yeah. for you. Too. Very I take for really, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, um, yeah. It's only been there for about a year. Well, it really reminded me of um, perhaps what the uh, the holodeck and um, you know, yeah. travelling on the Enterprise might be like. Yeah, but, oh, well, you, you should know. see inside on those right. big corridors when yeah. they wheel you down in your gurney right. into the, the operating theatre. Yeah, it's an amazing building. But um, it's right near the, the Queen Victoria Market, which happens yeah. to be right near where um, Heartland Records is. Um, a record store that I hadn't been to before. So, I mean, when I got my cancer clear, all clear, I was felt so at ease with the world. I just wanted to wanted spend to money. Yeah, I felt yeah. really good. Yeah. I went down to the cafe down below and, and had a coffee. And I tell you what, here's a tip for all homeless people. Forget hanging out down Flinders Street or whatever. Go to the Peter Mac. You will find people grateful for life coming out of there prepared. Yes. You hit only them up. Too, they, only they too will happy give to you, donate. They will give you yeah. so much money. It's, it's, it's not funny. Instead of spending my money on homeless people, I went down to the Heartland Records on uh, Victoria Street and, and made some purchases. Um because it was a terrific record store, lots of lots of records, but just lots of bargains, and um, I had a great time there. I, I bought um, a. David... How, how, how did you uh, come across it, Russ? You stumbled upon it. No, I, well, I found it. I found or... it in the Vinyl District. That fabulous app. On, right. On my... Yeah, that we've talked about before. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I looked it up in, in Vinyl District. Yeah. I, was, I checked that out to see where the nearby record stores were, and that was one that came up. Right. Um, and so that's how I knew about it. Um, and it's been there for a little while. Uh, but anyway, yeah, so I had a great time there. I, I bought um, David Bowie's um, an LP, a, a red vinyl LP of David Bowie's Space Oddity's first oh, proper album. Yeah, yeah. That was only 20 bucks. And, and for your information, wow. there's a whole bunch of them still there. There's also the <laughs> man, who, a favor. The man who, who sold the world is, is there in the original David's Wearing a Dress cover. Um, another vinyl, colour vinyl. Um, it's there, 20 bucks. There's two copies and a couple of other Bowie albums. And um, yes, in case you're wondering, um, at, at Heartland Records, you can buy turntables as well. Yes, that's right. Yes, yes. Um, and just, just lots and lots of bargains. It's, um, it's fabulous. Um, I could have spent so much time in there, but, but you know. And, I, so, and I, a, a nice vibe, Russ? Mm. Or, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, well, well, they're certainly playing some fabulous music. They had like a mixtape that they were playing of all kinds of great right. music they're big fans of heavy metal and stoner rock and doom metal um, there were some right. really um, amazing albums that I would love to have bought um, but way too expensive yeah. uh, brand new albums but um, um, so I was limiting myself to just the bargains and there were many plenty of them there's like a tape there's a whole bunch of um, CDs 
quite good quality CDs, three three dollars each or four for ten, and uh, I was rifling through them, hoping to find four of them, and I found three that that were contenders, but couldn't find a fourth. But so I let it go. Yeah. The three, by the way, were Brian Ferry's second album, Another Time, Another Place. Yeah. Um, yeah. Gloss Lobos album, Colossus, Colossal Head, and um, oh, that's right. The third one was um, um, Exile from Guyville by um, oh, what's her name? What's her name? Um, Liz Fair, which is a pretty well known indie album, often compared to Rolling Stones' Exile on Main Street. Yeah, so yeah. Exile and Guyville. Um, but I didn't get them because um, I couldn't find a fourth, <laughs> and I was just being frugal. Um, so anyway, yeah, so I did that. Um, I haven't had a chance to listen. Well, no, I listened to the Bowie album once because it's, it's about one of the few albums of his that I haven't heard. Right. Apart from obviously that, the, yep. that song, yep. Space yes, Oddity. Yes, I did, yep, but didn't really know the rest of the album. No, yeah, no, so. no, no, no. So uh, I'm just starting to get into it. Okay. Yeah. Um, and Space Oddity being an odd song on the album or it's, or, or it's quite... Yeah, there's a whole theme going on there or... It's um, it is a little bit of an oddity, Odyssey. yes. Yeah, um, yeah. What I, what I find about the album um, is that it, it really is Bowie starting to find his voice, okay. that album. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it, he's sort of struggling there, but he, it, he his voice is starting to come through, the voice that we know that really solidified on the second album, The Man Who, Felt, Man Who Sold the World, and especially with Hunky Dory, the third one, um, where he really gets it perfect. Um, um, the personnel on that first album... He hasn't got uh, Mick Ronson and the the Spiders yet. Um, he's only got um, Tony Visconti, who played bass and produced, and he was always a constant producer with him. Um, he's there. He produced most of the album. He didn't produce Space Oddity though. That was produced by Gus Dudgeon, who did a lot of Elton John stuff. Yeah. Um, and yeah. Bowie redid that song in 1980 with a fantastic um, re remake. Right. Which I've got. Yes. Yeah. Um, and on that note, maybe we should have a listen to it. Yeah. Stepping through the door 
Yeah, so um, we're getting out of here now. So that's a wrap, Rust, for another episode of The Swamp. Yeah, we got very talky. We did indeed. And we often do, and musical. <laughs> but we, ho- we hope you enjoyed the show. We hope you enjoyed the fabulous music. Mm. Um, enjoy. Yep, see you next week. Ciao.